Well, hey, it's me again. Now, you know I don't have long, but I know you are dying to find out about the dead body that they found in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. It was over at the First Baptist Church where Ernestine Fink, the church secretary, stumbled on the body when she came in Wednesday morning to get her sweater she left in the sanctuary on Sunday, the white one with the little yellow daisies. She was distracted that morning because she had snapped at her husband and she was asking for forgiveness. And she knew she needed to have more of a servant's heart. And if God would forgive her, she would start that very day and to please give her a chance to make it right. Send her a good deed, she said. Whoever he put in her path, she would serve. And then she got even more distracted by that god-awful new glass podium they just put up in front of the sanctuary that she told them was not the right look for an altar, all modern like that. I mean, what were they, Presbyterians now? Well, she was so busy looking up that she tripped and landed smack dab on top of a dead man. That's right, chest to chest, face to face, in what would definitely be considered by some Baptists as a sinful pose had the man been alive. We're not quite sure what the rule is when he's dead. You could hear her scream clear over at the library. Now, Mildred, Mildred had been power walking by the front doors of the church at that exact moment in her shiny purple jogging suit and matching headband. And let me tell you, she did not waste a moment to pull out her Smith & Wesson 44 Magnum from out of her belly band that she'd had picked out for herself on her 70th birthday. The man behind the counter had raised his eyebrows and said, Hey, little lady, think you can handle that much gun? The answer had been a resounding yes. And ever since then, Mildred's been known for, well, finding reasons to run into buildings and save people. Oh, don't worry, she never loaded it. She figured it was just enough seeing it that was a threat. And she was right. I mean, just ask them over at Merlene, Verlaine, and Shirlene's House of Beauty to tell you about the time she thought the lady in that charcoal face mask was a robber. Or the fella who tried to grab her purse at the carnival last fall. Oh, she didn't even need to pull out the gun. She just whacked him upside the head with that purse of hers. <laughs> that thing had to weigh 20 pounds thanks to the gun. Well, and the super deluxe senior edition Bible with the big font. Now that's what I call getting slain by the spirit. <sighs> Buddy Scoggins, he was pruning the bushes out front and he heard the scream and he called 911 then hid behind a bush outside the door. Which is pretty typical for Buddy. You know he hadn't changed at all since high school. When he played varsity, he was always known for crying at least once in every game. As my husband Bill would say, man up, Nancy. But even the Nancys I know are braver than Buddy Scoggins. So you can imagine Mildred's surprise when she runs in and she sees Ernestine Fink, church secretary, sprawled out there in all her glory on top of a man who was definitely not her husband. And she's yelling, I'm stuck! I'm stuck! Her dress was hitched up. You could see the top of her knee-high pantyhose rolling down as if they were trying to run away from that oversized rear end that was now exposed for all the world to see. And well, 
That woman needs to spend a little bit more time on a treadmill. That's all I'm saying. It was quite inappropriate church behavior, especially on a Wednesday. Once Mildred found out what was really going on, she pulled Ernestine up, and they both stood there peering down over the dead body. It was the first time either of them had seen one fresh up close. And wasn't it a shame that, well, that he didn't shave that day? Just goes to show you never know when your number's going to be called up. Just ask my mama and her fresh underwear theory. And that's when Ernestine realized this was the good deed she'd just asked for. Well, they weren't sure what to do until help arrived, so, well, they went with the go-to move utilized by generations of God-fearing women. They gathered hands to pray over him. And when they were through, well, Ernestine just felt like she should do more. She pointed out to Mildred that it was a shame his hair was all mussed up like that, that he was going to be dragged out of here on a stretcher for everybody to see looking like, like Gary Busey in that People magazine article from the day he got arrested. And then she's digging around her purse for a comb while Mildred warned her she'd probably best throw that away when she's done after it's got the dead man germs on it. Ernestine knelt down over the man, combed his hair, just like her husband Earl's, thinking that maybe they'd want to write an article about this in the paper. They'd probably want to compare her to Ruth in the Bible. She'd be sure to wear the white sweater with the little daisies on it in the photo. I mean, after all, that's what brought her here to this divine appointment. And that is when it happened. Mm-hmm just as she was putting on her final swirl to his hair, the body jerked, and it made an odd snorting sound, and the eyes popped open. The man on the floor screamed. Ernestine screamed. Mildred screamed. Buddy from outside the bush screamed. It's a miracle, said Ernestine. Our prayers have raised him up from the dead. And she couldn't help but notice that it didn't take them three days to do it. And then the guy yells out, Oh, for gosh sakes, I'm not dead. Turns out the women never thought to check the guy's pulse. He wasn't dead. And he didn't have that disease that makes you fall asleep without notice. And he didn't have that thing I saw on that crime show where his body tricked people into thinking he was dead, but he really wasn't. He was simply, as the heathens would refer to it, sleeping one off. You see, he'd apparently come into town for his niece's wedding, and he'd been invited to something they referred to as a pub crawl, which is where you drink your way through every bar in the county. Have you ever heard? I guess it's kind of like when the church has one of those progressive suppers and you eat each course at someone else's house. Church has jello mold. Pub crawl has jello shots. I guess you could say in the church dinner, you go in knowing everybody. In the pub crawl, you go out knowing everybody. <laughs> After the dinner, you ask for forgiveness for what you hadn't done yet. After the pub crawl, <laughs> you ask forgiveness for what you can't remember. <laughs> 
Either way, I think in both cases, you're going to end up on your knees praying for help. Mm-hmm. Altar call, last call, not too much difference. So anyway, this poor, inebriated man had obviously taken the title pub crawl to heart as he was literally crawling by the time he hit our sanctuary, looking for a place to rest his eyes in the house whose doors are always open. So yes, that's how Ernestine got an article about her in the newspaper. And yes, in the picture, she was wearing the white sweater with the little yellow daisies. And she learned an important lesson. Mm-hmm. That you better be careful what you pray for next time you snap at your husband. And the rest of us learn that the Lord works in mysterious ways. And sometimes he can even use a pub crawl if that's what it takes to get you on your knees. Either way, that spirit will get you. Anyway, I gotta go. Ray Jean says, I have just got to hear about Betsy's home waxing party. And just a warning, it is OMG graphic. <laughs> I'll find out the details and come fill you in. Now just remember, you didn't hear it from me. This has been Kelly Swanson bringing you the latest word from the small town with a big heart. Where the people stay, but the gossip travels.